All right, we're back with the second part with Chaos and Company here with the Chaos Boys, the Boyd Brothers. <laughs> and there, there you go. Jeff's got the bourbon. You know, what, what flavor tonight? What flavor bourbon tonight? Let's uh, bullet. Ooh, you haven't brought that on the road and shared that before. Well, social. I can't remember. I said, yeah, here's to you guys. Cheers. There you go. Oh, Matt switched. Matt I can't went remember back the last time we've been on the road for crying out loud. It's been way, way too long, man. So terrible. Oh, man. So I thought we'd jump into a little bit. We've been talking some skiing, talk a little bit. And you guys get into a little feedback and some some presentation kind of coaching type stuff. And obviously, the learning connection model is big out there. You guys have been helping us here in the East for years. We've been what, two, three, we've been ahead for what, three years now working with that? Is that here uh, in the, the East? Learning connection model 2015 that went to Ushuaia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and I mean, go ahead, Matt. No, that's yeah. It's been yeah. five, five. It's five, Dave. Yeah, Just doing yeah. some heavy math for you. Five years. Well, you know, I mean, you didn't give us all the answers there before you went to Ushuaia. It would be nice it's, if you had. It's not cal- It's not. It's not calculus and company, dude. Yeah, I'm still trying to be in two nineteen because two twenty is tough. You know. Oh man, God, I wear mittens. I don't wear gloves. <laughs> See, so you're good to two now. Uh, There's like one, one, two, um, two. two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, you know, instead of going in and digging into the pieces, you know, we have our people skills and our teaching components and, and the technical piece. But um, if we think about just good teaching, um, you know, what is it that excites you guys about good teaching? And, and I know it's going to be involved a little bit with the learning connection model and the in the coaching pieces, but I mean, what is it, the outcome? What is it when you see good teaching that excites you, you know, an outcome type thing? That they teach people. They teach as opposed to just doing things that are involved with teaching. Um, does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like when, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the back up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. I think I get it. You, it yeah. I think it's, you're talking about you teach you teach people rather than go through some prescribed set of steps. Yeah. Just not, I don't know. It's, I'm not going through the motions of teaching. And we all had those teachers in high school and college. Well, Jeb, you know, <laughs> we all had those teachers that they, they went through the motions of being a teacher. You know, they, they, they wore a shirt and tie and, and that's about where it ended. They were not good teachers. And then we had teachers that were just amazing at, making those connections and amazing at, at, at getting you the information you needed to be successful and to not only be successful, but to understand it. And, and that to me, I, I mean, I don't know. That's what excites me about teaching is when I see somebody that's actually in it to make somebody better as opposed to in it to share what they know. It's being really quiet to, sh- to, sh- to, to show, to showcase what they know. Yeah. Right? To advertise what they know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I don't know if I could add a whole lot to that. I mean, that's just it. I mean, we see it all the time when people come to an exam or they're preparing for an exam and they're like, oh, I got to have my progression set, right? That's not necessarily a bad uh, frame of mind to be in. You do have to have your kind of ducks in a row. But when you go out and do a clinic with any one of you guys and you know where you are to start, you know where you're going to be at the end of the day, 
and you have a rough plan as to how you're going to get that started, you know, with your first activity or whatever, more or less because you have the history to know in general, I can start here. It's a safe starting point. So this activity one. But where you guys go as coaches may not be to step two. It may be to be like step one A or one B. And it could go from side to side and, 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 or it may be, let's stick with this same exact thing and go try it over there, you know, and, and it's not about a progression, but here's the deal, the deal is that when from the observer, the person who's um, participating in your clinic, what they're seeing is a very linear teaching segment. They're seeing a beginning, they're seeing a step one, a step two, a step three, a step four, and a conclusion at the end of the day. But from your seat, from as the coach, you didn't have that linear plan in mind, you know, because the day just took you to different places based on how the students were reacting to your input. And we all see this where people get to the end of the day, the outcome is achieved to, to Matt's point, and they they are like that was just such an amazing day i'm going to write that down and do that same progression again tomorrow with my people and they do i did it we all did that i mean i remember coming home from my level two with chris easton who i was like man this guy's you know he rocks i i want to do that program it was so cool coming out of his mouth and then i did it with my people the next day and they're like what the hell are you talking about man <laughs> it, it just it didn't work but the point is, is the, the student or the person that's being trained sees a linear path. They don't see the thinking and decision-making that you're doing to get to the outcome, you know? And when, so when, to Matt's point, when people see uh, they, they're in it to help someone get better, uh, as opposed to in it to like Angela says, to showcase all the things, the wonderful things they know, um, that's when good teaching happens, you know? And, and you know, I don't know, Should, can I keep going or are we on a yeah. schedule here? No, you can keep going. I, I just, I brought it up kind of, um, as we look at the learning connection model, a lot of people chat to us about the parts. And wait, it wait. seems that you guys are definitely chatting more about the sum of the parts and how it's all put together, that we have six teaching components. But how do you take those components and blend them together versus doing each individual one? Yeah, I think that's, that's key. I mean, I, I think Matt can talk to the detail of that better, but you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we've had conversations where somebody can be completely successful in a teaching exam and not know a thing about our, those components that you mentioned, Dave. Yeah. They just, have that innate ability to connect with someone and break things down and share them step at a time and get to an outcome that is agreed upon. It's not that hard, right? And, and um, that, that's when, that, that's a truly gifted teacher. And those are the people that Matt talked about earlier, you know, and, and um, um, so these pieces and parts help us get better because you can break it down and focus on a component and uh, you can identify where your own strengths and weaknesses are either personally by yourself or work with a group of people at, at your resort but you can take any of these pieces and you can actually work on them that's that's one of the caveats to those 
fundamentals is that they're you're, you can you can improve upon them. Um, you know, so it's like you know back to your original question. You know, I, I remember at the last national team trial, um, we were who the heck were we? Breckenridge for that? Maybe? Yep. Yep. And we were in a teaching segment, and here we are at the national team trial. This is the best in the of the country. And I watched one candidate do a very uh, prepared presentation. And it was pretty obvious it was prepared um, because pieces didn't really fit with what was going on. And then you had another candidate jump out there and just like, just take the group for an experience. And I'm like, wow, what a difference between one and two. You know, learning was happening, but learning was happening much more in performance number two. Um, because they were comfortable enough to say, you know, I know where we're going to get, we're going to be, I know a starting point, and that starting point is going to open things up, it's going to give me opportunities to watch people and help guide them to that outcome that we agree upon, so. That, you know, that, that relates in my mind to, you know, the last episode, when we're talking about at what point do you earn and i and i earn in quotes at what at what point do you earn that right to be autonomous as a skier you know to make decisions about the way you ski down the hill in the last episode uh what you want your skis to do and then fast forward here when do you get the right when do you earn permission to wing it as a as a teacher you know and i always bounce back to the the public ed system. And I just remember one of the things I hated the most about being a, a public school teacher was the expectation by the administration for me to submit detailed lesson plans. Are you kidding me? How can I yeah. possibly submit a detailed lesson plan in a room with, with 30 minds in it? There are 30 yeah. brains in this room and I have no idea who's going to bring up the great idea that sends us in a, in another direction. And it's the same thing you have to take the same approach in a, in a ski clinic or in a ski lesson where, yeah, you've, you've got an idea, right? You have, you have, uh, activity number one, but then you have six people in your group and there are six possible directions to go from there, you know? But and I think though it, it's important. I mean, Angela being in the public school system and, and us as ski coaches, um, when you do step one, and if you've got your detailed lesson plan, at least detailed enough to know what step one is in your, your classroom lesson plan, as an experienced educator, you've got a pretty good guess as to where that could go, right? Which, how many forks it's gonna take. I mean, let's do a pivot slip, right? They're gonna have, they're gonna turn their body, they're gonna have a, a weird up and down release, right? They're gonna, what else, Dave? They're gonna have some fore aft balance issues, yep. I mean, there's three things right off the top of my head that I know I'm going to see. Um, by the way, that Band-Aid is on the same finger I closed in the door at Examiner Training the other couple He of didn't years do it again, did he? No, I cut it with a razor knife at my mom's house. So uh, there's a handful of things that we're going to see just to come back on track. And a good teacher has already got a plan for that, right? If I see this, I know where I'm going. If I see this, I know what I'm going. I, I know what I'm doing. And it might be different for, for every person in the group. But I, it's not like I do it and then wait to see what I get and then have to start all over again. Holy cow, mm -hmm. now what do I do? I know what I'm going to see. 
and and that's where that's where those progressions, like Jeb said, they feel linear, even though they're it's the line stopped at step one, and and from there it went based on what we saw from the group, and and but to the to the to the candidate or to the the member or to the instructor, it feels like it's very linear, mm -hmm. but it's it's but, not. But you need you need some depth as a as a teacher to you know, to, to know what the, what the alternative plans are going to be and what you're going to see, you know, but I feel like, you know, back to Jeb's point earlier about like a, a, a level three should be able to do that. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of level three instructors and probably a lot of level two instructors and probably a lot of very experienced non-certified instructors already have that depth, already own that level of mastery, but you know, as an organization and as a as an educational system in our country as a whole, we're we don't give them permission to to do it, and so they're constantly seeking approval from someone else. Where, if we were able to uh, instill a sense of confidence and and and, and autonomy in teachers earlier and skiers earlier, I think we'd see a lot more progress earlier. You know, to that point, though, I. I... I think that when do you get to have the autonomy to wing it? Um, you know, when Jeb and I, when I first made the team, Jeb and I are from Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. You had Lipton from Blue Mountain. You had Rob Sogard from what Wilmont, Illinois, Indiana. Bobby Murphy was from a small place in Michigan. Hafer, Hafer was from a small little bump. I mean, ninety percent of that team were from small hills, and when you are in a ski area where you don't have anybody there telling you what to do, you do what you think you need to do. Um, as opposed to if I'm at, 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 at Atatash, right. And I've got Dave telling me, Hey, Hey, try this, try this, try this, try this. I, I, to an extent you lose that autonomy, right? Because I'm going to, if, even if Dave's not telling me, I'm just going to do what I see Dave do. But when you are the leader as a level one at your ski area in, in, Northwestern Pennsylvania, you you have that autonomy because you you don't have any choices, um, and I think that's why so many great ski instructors come from those small areas, is they they take it upon themselves to to figure it out. That's like really even at point. that level one that level one level, and I'm sure you mm -hmm. see that back home, Angelo, yeah. in Valley. I'm sure you see some great instructors that are brand new at it. Yeah. Hey, take notes, Dave. There's a lot of Pennsylvania on this call right now. <laughs> yeah, and they all want to come to New Hampshire. We're looking right now, right? I mean, everybody's going to New Hampshire. It's like they're coming on my turf. I you know where they're yeah, you, know, you know where their heart is. Probably better at uh, Hidden Valley right now. I would think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sure it's deeper. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus, oh, God. There's yeah. not the, the only thing deep up here is the sugar. Man, there <laughs> I tell you what, sugar on the hill. Oh man, and then the ski edge didn't even bite into the rest. Tonight, Dave, I thought you'd be tuning your skis or something. Uh, no, I just have multiple pair ready to go. Just take a new pair tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> just line them up, man. Uh, I can't. You don't want to have to tune that fast. Oh, right. uh, going as Chassis would say, if you're going to be side slipping and going sideways all day, what are you tuning for? Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. I just love it when you throw them sideways to slow down and you just keep right on. You keep on going. <laughs> that was it today. That's why the guy I was teaching was like, "This is not working." I'm like, "No kidding. Look, I'm going just as fast." <laughs> Oh man, it was it was shaved off, and then piles of sugar you look for to try to slow down. Uh, I was dragging my pole. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It makes me a better skier. I'm like, yep. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I don't know about that. So, so coming from a small area and, and coming up through the ranks, did you guys have any bumps on the road? Where were the failures or setbacks? Uh, my first failure was at ETS. Yeah. That was my first one, but I, I cruised. Actually, my level one, which was a registration clinic, I remember Kim Seavers looked at me at the end and said, you should stick with this. <laughs> so I, I owe my career to Kim right there. That was Kim and Allison. They were yeah. led the way. Yeah. So did you change? Yeah. You, know, you had, you had, he had different advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> Who had different advice for me? Plastic. He liked your hat or something, didn't he? Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. the ugliest fucking hat I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yes, sir, Mr. Shostick, sir. He's, he, he caught out my goggles at my level three exam. What's he? He's like the fashion police now. Oh, man. He, totally is. he called my name. Guy. He called my name, and I got up to him, and he's like, Congratulations. Get rid of those I, I stupid fucking goggles. <laughs> the guy who's the selling belts telling everybody about fashion. Oh, I think man. the next episode has got to have like 50. 50 30 people on there all sharing shastic stories so be oh man it, oh there'll be stuff about croutons and sprinkles i mean he hates both of them and so every time i in the ice cream shop i just keep sending him pictures of sprinkles oh man and then every time we go out to eat it's like hey you want some croutons i don't eat stale bread on my salad <laughs> We could go on with stories like that forever with Bobby, and we will. Yeah, so 50. We need like 150, Matt. Maybe, maybe. Good dude, though. We love that guy. We yes, love you, Bob. <laughs> Jeb, did you have, so some, what did, did you have yeah. some bumps in the road, Jeb? Um, yeah, I definitely had bumps in the road. Not not that many, though. I've, I've been pretty fortunate. You know, my, my first failure was in 2000 at the national team tryout, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, it, it was a bummer. It was a tough thing to swallow, but you know, it's, you know, we hear all the time, you guys hear all the time. I can't pass my level two or I can't pass my level three or keep on going down the list uh, because I'm from this ski area. And, you know, it's like, take the cards you dealt and get to work, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot you can do on your own and a lot, but you got to do it. You got to study. I mean, shoot, I remember I was sitting, I was in college and I'm like, oh, check out this really cool tree right here. I should be doing some studying, like some scholarly things on campus under this tree against this brick building. Look at this. And I broke out my, uh, um, I still have it, this uh, U.S. ski team manual on coaching. I'm like, I studied, you know, and, and it, it was important to um, put that work in because I didn't want to fail. And, you know, I, you, you gotta, you gotta put the time in. That's, that's the biggest thing. I think we would all agree that we don't yeah. see enough of. Yeah. Out there. Well, and I, yeah, and I don't accept the small mountain thing as an excuse, but, and, and I look back into the, you know, the, um, early and mid nineties when Kim Seavers was at Penn state and she was on the dev team and we would hire her to drive down to seven Springs. She'd drive down on a Thursday night, you know, almost two hours and we'd ski with her for three or four hours and she'd give us a nugget and then she'd drive home. And, and she was just really instrumental in that. And, um, 
you know, just never took anything as, as an excuse. And like, um, I was in a women's clinic with her one time after the, after part one of my level three at, um, Hunter, I, I was sticking around for like four days for some, uh, some events. And there was a teaching women's event that she was teaching. Well, pay, you know, and it, I thought like picking up women, right? Like ready to drop the bomb on Angela. Right <laughs> Pick, picking up women. It didn't work. But I remember Kim at that clinic telling, I was the only dude, right? And, and uh, she's other women like, uh, who's the hairy girl? <laughs> hey, I'm Sicilian. They're like, all right. Um, but Kim looked at that group full of women and she said, being a woman's no excuse. And they were like, yes, ma'am. You know, but. Uh, and then I don't, do you guys remember like back in the mid nineties when Sue Spencer was director of education, she wrote an article called making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. that? That yeah. was like hugely influential for us in Southwestern Pennsylvania. And it was just about like the stuff Pete Howard does now, like, um, difficult tasks really in easy places, to do in easy places. Right? Yeah. And, and it's just like, wow, like this gives us an opportunity to, to make these same moves that these guys on the big mountains are making. And it, it just, we just never accepted it as an excuse. You know, I've asked, I, I've probably asked this question 50, 60 times over the past two years. Have you ever met a, a person who could do a good hop turn that wasn't a pretty good skier? Nobody has ever said, yes, I've met that person. I've, that tells you something. It tells you something. So, how do you guys like to be coached you personally like is there a coach or a style that when somebody starts doing something you go yeah i think i'm gonna like this i mean i i think i like um i like to be involved um i don't like to be talked to you know and i like to be challenged um you know um, I think the best coaches will fully engage you or you're like, oh man, I can see them doing that. Or I can see some other athlete doing what we're talking about, but I got to think about that and work on that. And then I guess maybe that's another piece where they give you that freedom to just go away for a little while, whether it's a couple runs or a couple days or a year and just, let that percolate and, and kind of run for a little while. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I always liked, um, uh, I, I always just got a kick out of working with Dave Miriam, you know, that guy cracked me up it, and, and it was just fun to be around the guy. And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I think of him often, you know, when, it, when through my career, when I'm doing what I do and, and uh, you know, I got, I got a lot out of him, but there's so many others too, you know, who've helped, but um, you know, people who take an interest in you and, and uh, you know, you, the, the reason they take the interest in you is because they can see that you're working really hard and that you're, you're, you know, you don't take anything for granted. Yeah. I, I like, I, to Jeb's point, I really like it when people allow me time to figure stuff out. Um, so I can, I can play with it, tweak it, think about it, go back to them. As you know, as we mentioned earlier, I, I like the opportunity to, to put it to work myself. So uh, I, I got a, I got oh, a go piece ahead. of, I got a yeah. piece of coaching one time. 
<laughs> Here we I, go. I, I just have to share it. I'm at Killington, right? I get out of the, I get out of my car in the parking lot. I think it was the day before my dev team tryout. I was a DCL and I, I pull into the parking lot and coach Matt Boyd is in the parking lot right next to me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I said, I'm going to go rip around. <laughs> he said, he says, he says, no, you're coming with us. So do you remember Matt? You called Melissa in the office and you got me, you said, Hey, Angela is coming. There happened to be a, a, a regional training day going on. So there's like 25 of us out all on the ed staff ripping around Killington and we get off the lift. We're going over toward East fall and I'm like doing my thing. I'm like ripping, right? Ripping. I was ripping, ripping. Over, to ripping. The <laughs> over to the top and <laughs> I, st I, st I, st I stop at the top and, and then coach Matt Boyd pulls up behind me mm. and he's like, Hey, I saw you doing this. And I was like, yeah. And he said, don't fucking do that. And he skis away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you talk yeah. about a coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Skelly, your our uh, oh, brother aunt. called me. Skelly says aunt. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, it was even better. He goes, because this is the this is part two. So this is the evening session of this podcast, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. after, after hours with chaos and yeah. So Skelly, he calls me. I'm out in Utah in 2000 for the for the tryouts and he calls me like the night before the tryouts to start and he goes hey i got some advice we wish you luck and i got some advice for him like oh awesome because i need some right now he goes don't fuck up i'm like that's what you got he goes that's what i got see you later <laughs> my favorite my favorite story is i got that from rogan I'm standing, I ski down uh, Ramshorn at Killington, and I came to a stop. I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. And I see Rogan coming down. He's like, whoosh, 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 slides down to me. He goes like this. <laughs> you standing against your outside ski? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Goggles down, takes off. So there I am standing there, like my lips started quivering. I'm like, <laughs> I, think it, I think it is. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, what was that? It was like uh, last year, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeb, you know how many times I heard Skelly tell me that every exam I went to, oh, every sorry. tryout, yeah. dude, he was my guy. We were, you know, he was my coach. <laughs> every time it was well, it was there was a little extra piece to it too. It wasn't just don't fuck up, don't fucking embarrass me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I didn't get that one. Don't fuck up and don't fucking embarrass me. It was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, every tryout. So yeah, we had to. Uh, he, said, he said to me one time, he goes, "Yeah, I saw you slipping around out there. I thought you were supposed to be good." <laughs> we get, oh. we have we have a coach at Seven Springs, guy on my training staff now named Lou Marshall, and he he's great. And I was. Uh, back in the day, I was trying out for DCL the first time, and this is in 2002 or so. And uh, I go into the locker room at the end of the day, and I'm like, hot shit, right? Hot feet going for this head staff tryout. And he, he walks up to me in the locker room, and he's like, hey, uh, I was on the avalanche chair, and I saw you skiing underneath. I was like, yeah. And he's like, I was a little bored. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Point yeah, taken. But you know what? You know, that sticks with you 18 years later. Sticks. Look at us now. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah, it is.
So, so here's a loaded question and, and I'll load it with, uh, you know, I, I look to both you, Matt and Jeb for, uh, coaching and, you know, as mentors. So how can people out there become better mentors and better coaches for their peers? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to defer to Matt at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think people need to be able to coach themselves. Like I, I, I'm a firm believer. My, my career really, I mean, I had a pretty good stretch until I hit ETS. I had one little bump in the road and I took off from there. But when things went up like that is when I started coaching myself. Um, and, and when you're standing, standing outside raking a yard in, in, in October and something that somebody said to you last February and you're like, ah yeah now i've got it now i get it because of and it's not because of what they said necessarily it's because of, of connections that you made from all the feedback that you got all the things that you've done all the stuff that you've tried um start to come together and you really become a student of of your your own self as an athlete and a uh, student of the sport and start to really understand things i that's when you become a better coach because when you understand how you like to learn as to your point earlier, Dave, when you know how you like to learn and how you learn, I think you get, get better at helping others. Jeb's just going to leave it. He's going to go. I think. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought you guys were going to inject some wisdom here. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave you hanging, man. Well, really this, Jeb. <laughs> the idea of, of uh, your question is to be a mentor. Well, I, I, well, here's, here's one for you. I, it's, yeah. um, and I'll help you out. I'll throw you the little line and really do a little for you. Yeah. You know, absolutely what Matt was saying, like as much as I've worked with both of you guys, whenever I come and I'm asked, I'm, I'm looking for some coaching or kind of ask you about something. First thing, definitely Jeb says, and Matt usually says this, well, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, usually always throw it back to me of, yeah. and, and trying to figure out where I'm at and try to force me to go through that self coaching yeah. thing there. Yeah. So that I get into more of, as Matt's saying, be yourself coach. Yeah, no, and totally. So it's, you know, I, I'm just looking, you know, what are, you know, how can you help some other people on a couple of thoughts of those kind of things that well, you try to I, do? I think that's, that's a, you know, a good, um, a good catch there, Dave. You know, it's, it's, it's about respect. Um, it's about caring, you know, and it, it's about um, wanting the absolute best for those around you. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to steal the spotlight, you know, it's, e it's easy to, to pontificate and whatever, do your thing or take this great run, but, you know, um, maybe it's not easy, but it's easy to focus on you, you know, and I, I think that it's what in our work and what we do and what we've done, it's, it's about wanting the best in the others, the best around us. I mean, Dave, shoot that. How many years did we train together at examiner oh training? God. Like, a run. like six, five or six wow. years in a row. It was great. I don't know how that happened, but it was awesome. But, um, uh, you know, like caring about, I really want people to get as good as they can get and, and to do as best as they can. Um, and, and that's sincere, you know, and so to be a mentor, you know, I mean, I, to me, it's like, if you, if, if a coach doesn't care about the people who he's coaching or she's coaching, those people are not gonna 
seek mentorship out of that individual. And so it's not that seeking mentorship is any big deal. It, it's just important for people to be able to be successful and to be, whether it's skiing or in business or friendship or marriage or whatever it is, to, to, be, to be the best they can do at whatever they do. And, and those people who work really hard at the things, their craft, um, I respect those people and, uh, you know, and, and, and want nothing but the best for them. So I, I try to set up environments for them to be successful and, and to want more and to keep going. I, I don't know. It's just yeah. ran, random thoughts. Mm, I, and what, but what I'm, I'm hearing isn't random. Like what I, what I'm hearing is, um, may, maybe we, uh, we generally sort of define mentor or, or describe mentor incorrectly where mentor is like a position of power and authority. But I think Jeb, what you're saying is mentor is letting go of your ego. I think that's and it's, what it is. And it's really pr like in, in public ed, what, one very good thing I learned in public ed was this idea of presumed competence. You, you presume that your students are competent to earn or achieve yeah. whatever they, whatever they, they want to work toward, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and, and you, I think you, I think we, I see more, ego than non-ego mm -hmm. but those folks who are willing to let go of themselves yeah. and make it about other people really do well it doesn't matter what color pin your what color pin on your jacket you know you know i mean the, the color pin makes it can make it easier let's face it i mean it, I, it, and i i don't disagree with that yeah right um but you know I, I think an easy way to break the ice and to allow that to occur is to make fun of yourself you know, I mean, seriously, I think the four of us on this call have no problem yeah. doing that. We do no it all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and of each other. <laughs> yeah, and, and just to be able to let it go and to kind of just it off and have a good time with it. Yeah. You know, um, there's a there's an art to that, but um, you know, can you know, it's not you can you can overdo it, but uh, you can underdo it. But um, I I think that that allows people to say, oh wow, this is about me, not about them. And that's when, when magic starts to happen. Well, so, like so this, this fans. one, this one time at national Academy, a couple of years ago, we're at the manufacturer's oh, party, you know, <laughs> do you know where this is? Do you know where this is going, Jeb? <laughs> we're, we're standing there minding our business, having a beer, right? Max walks over, Max Felix walks over with a ski pole. Right, and it has a cap on the end. It's a, oh, it's a, it's a. I've heard a, this one. It's a ski pole. It's it's a boozer, <laughs> right? And and he and Max brings it over, and he he's like handing her. This was back in the day when we could be reckless and like share share glasses. Remember that? Yeah. Now we now we can't even share air, right? So Max, Pete Novum was there, and Carrie and Lipton, and and Max hands Jeb this ski pole that's filled with Jack Daniels. And unscrews the hand, the cap and the handle, and he distinctly said, "Yes, thank do, you." He said, "Do not finish this." No, and, <laughs> and 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 Jeb didn't hear no. the "do not." Part. Aye, aye, Captain. So he turned he turned that bad boy upside down. His cheeks got like Alvin and the Chipmunks. His eyes were twice as fucking big of it as his cheeks, and he's got this mouthful of Jack Daniels, and then this like. Gulp. Eight thousand feet. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm dehydrated. Oh my God. 
Oh man. He just the, he, I thought he said finish it and there was just a little bit a little sip left. Yeah. <laughs> the whole bottle, yeah. man. The whole yeah. bowl. That was full. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, where is the end of <laughs> that's that must be why you shortened your pulls now, Jeb. So can't fit as much in the pole. <laughs> oh man so hey i just got one more for you guys tonight kind of a little quick hitter and see um and i know angelo has a couple quick hitters it'll be fun but um what's next i mean i know jeb you've got the head coach in the one team and matt's coming on as the assistant coach of the alpine team plus it's uh development uh what's that piece matt the uh, assistant development coach development coach yeah um so you got those things going on but what's next anything else or in in when you say next like and it's, you always have a challenge man it, it could be on the bike i don't know it doesn't have to be skiing what's your next challenge i, I mean honestly it's to navigate this freaking winter is yeah. a major yep. challenge you know i mean like right now like literally right before we were on this call we were on a conference call trying to figure out national academy and yeah. tryouts for spring and and you know the the, the message that you know, let's not focus on what we can't do. Let's just focus on all the great stuff that we can do, you know, and, and that's, um, you know, however it ends up shaping up, that's, that's next, but that's got the, it's the main focus, you know, um, Matt introduced me to, um, uh, a book. What was it? What was Wiz's book, Matt, years ago, younger next year or something? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think of that all the time, you know, and, and I'm like, you, you just gotta stay with it. You gotta <clears throat> be on your game and continuing to push yourself. Um, because let's face it, you guys, it's easy just to kick back and chill and just to, just to take a day off or to, you know, relax. But, you know, the idea of this book is younger next year is that, you know, if you don't, if you do that, you take time off. You know your brain and your muscle capacity just dwindles over time and and you enter into the normal aging process and the idea that younger next year is i'm going to fight that and i'm going to stay with it i'm going to work hard i'm going to continue to stay in shape and you know stay in the game is is really got my attention right now so it's you know trying to uh you know the guy that really inspires me is Glenn Plake because that guy, you know, I mean, he's my, I'm going to say that we're all the same age here, boys, but I don't know if we are not. <laughs> but, we are not. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> oh, trust me. But, you know, there's yeah. a guy who just continues to reinvent himself and stay relevant to the, to the industry. And I just admire the hell out of that. And, uh, mm. you know, like younger next year it's like let's just let's go and it's got my attention absolutely i mean take a look at dave Wynn for crying out loud oh Jeez. god yeah as a superstar yeah absolute superstar i mean he that makes a better short term than most people do that are younger than i am that's for sure yeah. and he just keeps plugging away and the cool thing about dave is that he never stops trying to get better Right. And he, he earned the right to stop getting better a long time ago. He could yeah. say, you know what, Pfft, screw that. 
I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm good enough. And he never, ever hit that age. And, and I, I just, I love that man to death because of that. He just keeps plugging away. Yeah, Matt, definitely. Hey, Matt, I think you, you posted a, a, a note to everybody on the base camp around the holiday. Right. And did you see Dave's response to that? Keep getting oh. better. It's, it's all about yeah. getting better. Keep That's getting what better. he said. I, that, I mean, and, yeah, he's an inspiration for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Well, boys, yeah. thanks for joining in. And uh, hopefully it won't be the last time because we can have some more laughs and have some more bourbon yeah. or whatever. Whatever Matt was drinking. What was that clear stuff he was drinking? Well, that, this, that's gin and tonic. And I was drinking a, a martini earlier. So. Oh, yeah. A little martini. It's like James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> James Bond. But, I think our yeah. next one we do ought to be on location somewhere. We ought to just set it up live. Yes, that's totally. Yeah. yeah, we're we're hoping to do that. Um, Angela and I want next be year in the, in the kitchen or what? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be up. <laughs> it's got to have Naughty Pine. <laughs> yeah, live from Naughty, Naughty Pine Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angela and I are hoping like at management seminar, Steph, especially Pro Jam, we got to have uh, we got to launch a big podcast next yeah. year. Who else you got? Uh, I saw Jeff Stith has got Naughty Pine in his kitchen. Who else has got it? I've seen yeah. somebody else. Recently, you got to have an all naughty pine panel. <laughs> I want naughty pine <laughs> podcast right out of the project. Yeah, we don't That's really have anything to say. You just sit there and admire your naughty pine. You just, don't talk yeah, about just anything. Check it out. Uh, it'd be great. Admire but, uh, your thanks for, wood. Yeah, but we, Angela and I, definitely. I know I do. I definitely appreciate you guys doing this, and I know the members and anybody else. I've got some folks here at home just that don't even teach skiing that are listening to some of the podcasts. So it'd be really cool for are them. Are they bored or what? Uh, somewhat yeah and uh some but some ski some just are skiers and they um know the local area and, and skied at mount whittier and nice. skied at abenaki when they were kids like i did over in I really wish I had that opportunity to ski that place oh it's awesome man i skied every tree and wood and everything there yeah. so yeah. awesome awesome cool. so thanks everybody for listening to Paul you guys for putting this together this is kind of fun nice always job, a guys. pleasure awesome yeah. awesome cheers boys. all right everybody it's right. the fall line with chaos and company. <laughs>